is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I want to thank you for tuning us in, turning us on. It's an extremely important show today with Michelle, Michelle Magner, joining me here today. And the reason that it's important, this is a body of work that Michelle has said yes to. It's more than a show. And, you know, we open this up by saying, oh, we're doing a show, but it's really much more than that. This episode is called Be the Caregiver and Be Cared For. And if I was not in the middle of this, I would not have the kind of appreciation I have now. And I don't know how Michelle has been doing this, like picking out the episode and the timing of them, but they're so important. Today's show will take you on a journey to so many aspects of who you are and who you have to become if you say yes to this. And I want to just say out of the gate, I have learned more and I could have never predicted the situation that I would be in today and what it would be like not becoming a student of Michelle and what she does. Now, before we go ahead and we talk about this, how do people find out about what you do? How do they connect with you? Thanks for having me, Dr. Pat. I would love for people to join me on my podcast. It's on multiple platforms. It's called Inspired Caring. And it really is about the inspiration to take care of yourself as the family caregiver. You are caring for those that you love. They can also find me at michellemagner.com. I'm a 1L Michelle, Dr. Pat. Yeah. So michellemagner.com. Yeah, that's how Jessica is a 1S Jessica. Um, <laughs> look, uh, I want to talk about what it means to claim the identity of a caregiver because I mean, I don't want to take up a lot of time, but I will tell you this. We had a doctor's appointment yesterday and both of us walked out of there. Stunned is an understatement. Doctor of the year, doctor, cardiologist. Great. Walked out of there though. And it wasn't until this morning where we looked at each other and, and both of us said, what just happened there? And what do we believe? And what does it mean? And the heaviness of that, I could not have predicted that the role of identity of caregiver included an emotional side of this about decisions and about things that are said. I could have never, I never, it never entered my mind. But isn't that part of what you talk about? Absolutely. It's not just the logistics of it. There, This is a caregiving journey. This is a care partnering journey. So there's ups and downs. There's different stages. There's different chapters along this journey. And with each uh, chapter, there are different emotions that come along with it. And, you know, the situation that you're presently in is very different than many people find themselves. They're thinking, well, I'm not a caregiver, right? Like that's for somebody else. But this is the story of the slow boiling frog. 
right? You put a frog in a pot of cold water and they don't even, they, you know, they feel just fine. And you just keep notching up the heat on them and they don't even realize once that water is boiling. And I think that is what is happening with so many people in our country and around the world is that they are not identifying as a caregiver. And so you are in a very fragile stage of this journey. And it is not just about, well, like, how are we going to get the lawn mowed, right? Or get groceries delivered. I mean, this is big. That was part one. Like when I got here, those were the kinds of things. Or how do we clean the house out with stuff that doesn't Mm -hmm. belong here? But these are the parts we don't talk around. But the identity that we claim for ourselves. And, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really put that skin on right away Mm -hmm. until we started to do these shows. But let's talk about what that means and how you have to step into that role and not just claim the identity, but claim what does it mean? What do you do? How do you process? And then how do you care for yourself? Right? Absolutely. So if we think about all these other roles that we take on in our life, um, but maybe it's mother, maybe it's athlete or baseball player, like as soon as you start to unlock these different identities around you, it unlocks the resources. It's like this lifeboat of resources can float up next to you. Um, things like, you know, where where maybe you're going to practice or rehearse if you're a ballerina, right? So who are you surrounding yourself with? What are the types of activities that you're engaging in? And all of those stuff, that reticular activating system will start to shimmy those resources to you. So it's so important to just crack open this door and invite people to consider that they are in a family caregiver role because then you can go to the interwebs and start searching for resources that are going to best help them, but also support you along the way. Yeah. I mean, these are the things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about also be cared for and what that means. And the reason that this is so important, I I don't know the illusion that we've created for ourselves in our world, where we think that somebody else is going to step in and do something for someone we love. We're not in that world anymore. We're living longer than we've ever lived before. There's a level of accountability we talked about at the last show. But I will tell you that I sit here today and I didn't realize the web, how far the web extends into this role and the kinds of decisions you have to think about and make, not just at the beginning, but every step of the way, every new bit of information. Nobody prepares you for that. Nobody prepares you for that. And it's um, you're making in the moment decisions and decisions about the future. And our futures can be fairly unpredictable, especially when we're looking at a diagnosis um, or a health decline or incident. And it's just so important, again, to open up our minds to this idea that maybe I am a family caregiver so that we can start to think about how we're going to take care of ourselves, right? We cannot pour from an empty cup. You must, must, must put your oxygen mask on first because if you will go down with the ship. Like that's what the statistics are showing us for people that are on this caregiving journey, that if you are just constantly focused on the other person and not Mm -hmm. caring for your own self along the way, um, it has massive health consequences for you as well. 
Yeah. Look, I want to talk to you about this now. I want to talk to you about the types of options we have for somebody in this mm-hmm. position. Now, look, what was the simple version for me last night after leaving that doctor's appointment and not really maybe avoidance, let's call it. It just didn't hit us. It didn't hit us. The words didn't hit us. Uh, so I went and played ping pong. OK, I, mm-hmm. I went to the league and dragged my best friend with me because she's well enough to come with me. She sat there and played her game and and I played ours. But what I what I learned, thanks to you, is I stopped at the point where I knew I'm not in 100 percent shape not to play at this competitive level. And I left early. See, I normally wouldn't have done that. I would have Mm -hmm. stayed till midnight and finished and played with the league. Even with that, this morning, getting up was really, really different. But let's talk about what options are available, because this is something I didn't realize I didn't know these. Tell us what they are. Well, we have talked about, um, first of all, you have to get the lay of the land. Like it took me a minute with some of my family members. I've cured for four different family members. You have to start by just getting the lay of the land and realizing that something has changed. Like you are now going to be taking on some additional responsibilities. So with that, you know, you've got your basic health needs, uh, food, like how are you going to get food to the house? Are you going to have food delivered maybe through online grocery ordering or a meal service kit? Um, maybe it's, we're going to start to work on our network. You talk about the accountability of it really landing on one person's shoulders. We've talked about that and our, our culture has really shifted. It's changed back in the forties, 1930s and forties. We were much more in community with one another, right? So you could look around all the children typically lived in the same area. Um, all of the, your, your church community or faith-based community, whatever that looked like. And we're just so spread out. So part of the lay of the land is really acknowledging that you're the person. We need to get our financial house in order and our legal house in order. Like who is going to actually be making when it push comes to shove decisions and making sure that that paperwork is actually taken care of because that protects you and protects them advocacy, equipment, solutions. There are so many tricks of the trade. Something as simple as like a gate belt, right? If you have a bad back and the person that you love needs assistance standing up out of a chair, not just dragging them up by the wrists, right? Using a piece of equipment like a gate belt is something that can save your back and help them with some dignity as well. Yeah. There are little things that you enter the role with that you don't think about. For Mm -hmm. example, having the person drink the amount of water they're supposed to drink to flush the medication through their system, that alone and monitoring that can put somebody over the edge. Picking your battles carefully is an art, isn't it? It really is an art. And we have to remember, it's so important for us to identify what our core values are. And remember that if someone is not 100% on board, or they're disagreeing with our course of action, they have their own set of core values. They are adults, and they have been making a lot of decisions their whole life. So really knowing yourself, how you operate, how you think, picking your battles, health and safety tend to be the two top 
uh, concerns for people, for families, and how do we get on the same page? Now, we may not agree on how to get there, right? But that's where we need to kind of scale it back a little bit and think, okay, in the long run, in the end, does it really matter if we do it my way? Like, does it really matter if it's a single cup, a giant cup of water that we're working on? Or what if we had 10 cups of water spread throughout the house, right? Don't get so attached to your way of doing things. And my goodness, keep things in perspective. Like we have these little health crises or chapters that can be pretty complicated. Things will change. It always does. It's just the nature of it. It's the nature of it. I want to take a short break when we come back. I want to talk about a couple of other things too, before we get to this idea about just be. And there are a few tricks of the trade that I've learned thanks to you and what we're going to talk about. Laughter, Mm -hmm. it is critical. Let's take a short break. When we come back, what else do you need to know if you are standing in the shadows of caring and being that caregiver? You also have to be cared for. Where do you Mm -hmm. start? Do you know why you resist it? And is it all in the small steps? Michelle's going to walk us through that when we come back. Everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Oh, my goodness. We have got talk radio for all of us. Really, thank you for blazing the trail for women in talk radio and just being such an inspiration to me and so many other people. What you're doing is so awesome. And, you know, without people like you there to like really step out of the box and go for it. I don't know if someone like me would have ever ended up here, but I'm so happy to be here. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank you for everything you're doing. You're one of my major inspirations. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Special edition, Dr. Pacho, be the caregiver and be cared for with Michelle. Michelle Magner joining me here today. Um, We're going to talk about, you know, in these last segments we have left, it's really important to really talk about what does just be mean, but there's also something about caring that each of us should know. Now, you may be sitting there thinking to yourself, I don't know, it's never going to happen to me. Well, I was sitting there thinking the same thing. I was literally, I'm telling you, Eight weeks ago, never thought this be me talking about this, having a real life situation. And you don't know what you don't know. But if you have someone like Michelle and you listen to her podcast and you go to her website, you get some help. The journey does not have to be chaotic and chaos added to caregiving is a formula for disaster. Michelle, what is the best way again for people to learn a little bit more about you plug into your podcast, all of the above? I'd love to have people join me on it's inspired caring and that's across all the platforms inspired caring uh, podcast platforms. And then Michelle is my website. Just one Ellen, Michelle, Michelle Now, before we just uh, talk a little bit about what it means to just be and those stories we do tell ourselves, there are a few things that I know are important to mention. Uh, I was saying to you that, look, 
Laughter is important. Music is important. And then opening up to receive. You really have to look at these things to really set the stage to just be, don't you? You really do. And, you know, we do have some barriers and resistance to asking for help. It's just how we're wired. Isn't it much more fun to take a meal to someone than to have that meal dropped on your porch, right? We're, we're <laughs> giving creatures. We, we love to do that. One of the issues that people have is this equity theory. They are concerned, like, if I ask for help, then our relationship is no longer equal. We're off balance. You know, people feel th their self-esteem feels threatened. Um, reciprocation, they feel like, well, if I ask and they do for me, then I can't do back. So a little bit is really just having to step into this idea that this is where I'm at right now. Like it seems to be okay if someone passes away to receive a little help and support and assistance if someone has a new baby, right? So just this is a temporary chapter. I love that you mentioned music. Um, we really, it's so important to lighten up um, and have that laughter and and the music really can help people. It's like a time machine. Music is like a time machine for you and the person that you're taking care of. So I, those are two really top tiered things for me to help people reframework perspective on things and lighten up a little bit, not take themselves so seriously, which can also crack open the door to receiving some of that help. Yeah. I mean, all of this really has us look introspectively. And that's the next thing we're going to talk about, too, because this is really a critical time where, at least for me, I had to reset priorities. Mm -hmm. I had to reset priorities. It wasn't a question mark for me. I knew what my priorities were that I had to reshift. Now, I didn't have all the answers about how I was going to restructure things, but I had to stop. I had to look what's important to me. You know, what's my commitment here? What am I going to do? What are the other options? How many people am I going to sit down with later today and have a different kind of conversation with? All of these things factor into it, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, and think about your whole life, right? Where all the different chapters and periods of your life, your priorities have changed over time. And it's okay to support and embrace this idea that right now this is uh, the priority in your life is to care for this family member. You mentioned the stories we tell ourselves. I'll tell you, especially when we have adult children that are caring for aging parents and grandparents, I'm 51 years old and I have a lot of stories that I, and narratives that I have just really clung to through my childhood as I stepped into adulthood. And I had to start making some decisions about letting some of that stuff go. You know, like, well, they've always favored the brother. And he's not lifting a finger right now to help, right? So these are the types of things that really weigh us down as we are in these caregiver roles. And it causes so much conflict within the family, so much conflict. So, so be, as you are exploring your priorities, also just be really curious about the stories that you're telling yourself. What is going to make this time easier for me right now? What do I need today, right now, today? And maybe it is a door dashed uh, coffee. <laughs> exactly. Simple as that. But how, how can you support yourself today? And then we do really need to be looking at the big picture because like that boiling frog, it, it, you're going to drown. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, the other day we went to the grocery store and, you know, I never thought I'd say this, but where is the time that you find to even cook? Hello. 
Mm-hmm. What, what happened to that time? And yet I know that this is a time where you do not put junk in your body. And the discovery to go to the grocery store here where I am in New Jersey and find this grocery store, this ShopRite store, has these delicious meals like salmon and vegetables for a, a such a reasonable price. It was like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I see it before? See, right. these are the shortcuts that I think we don't even think to take. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my one of my grandmothers, I called it the peanut butter cracker phase because I went into her home and what I often found was an open jar of peanut butter with a knife jammed in it with a sleeve of saltines next to it. And so that's when I started really getting involved. So part of this is if you're on this journey um, about being the caregiver, identifying as the caregiver is to really look around and see what little signs are starting to feel off and then start to put into place, what am I going to need to really make sure what are my deal breakers that I'm going to take care of myself? And something as simple as just picking up some prepackaged meals at the grocery store is a great thing for them and a great thing for you. I cannot believe you just brought that up because that's exactly what happened yesterday. And I just looked at that and rushing out to go play ping pong, both of us. And I, that scenario with the crackers and the peanut butter, you must've been. It's the, I call it the peanut butter cracker phase. Like it's so consistent. And this is the thing, Dr. Pat, is like we all feel so isolated. We all feel like we're on this island and we're only one, the only ones going through it. There's so many common denominators and so many common threads. And, you know, I think especially for women, we have been such givers our whole lives and we've been so focused on taking care of other people that this role, it's really very different. Has it been different for you? Unpredictable. Different is not even the right word. Yeah. Surreal. Yeah. And yet, because of my background and some of the skills I have, I can step into it. But I will tell you, without doing the show with you and the time, the universe is so interesting. Mm. You showing up to do a show like this at a time that I couldn't have even imagined. Any time that I prepare for the show and I look at your website and I look at your web and, and we know your podcast because we've just uploaded a ton of them. But mm-hmm. all of these bits of information have been instrumental However, with all of that, I never thought that a doctor's appointment like the one yesterday would leave both of us speechless. But Mm. yet I know from you, it's just part of the process. Look, sometimes you have to regroup. Sometimes you have to look at what, what this is. Let's recap about the ABCs because this is where we started. And I am really struck by the accountability part of this because it sticks with me, right? The, yes, the A and ABCs are is about accountability, accountability, aging, and all of the research that I've done and all the books that I've read, it really, it nobody's coming to save us. There is no magic pill. It really is looking at your life every day. What is going to bring you quality of life? We don't want just longevity. We don't want just quantity of life, right? What's the point of that? If you're miserable every day. So Account, being accountable to moving your body, choosing the right things to eat. These are factors as, as how we're aging. Early on, we started out this talking about the ABCs. Mm-hmm. Let's remind everybody what they are. And I want to thank you so much for this. Also, let's give people a lot of information about you. But 
my experience with my best friend really had me take a closer look at myself. Am I doing what I need to do to prepare? And isn't that the accountability part of it? The second part of it is B, be the caregiver. And the C is for checking in and checking out. And all of that has to happen simultaneously. And it can happen at any point in time on any given day with any situation, correct? That's absolutely right. You know, you want to daily check in with yourself. How am I doing? You do not want to just check out, zone out, numb out with alcohol or food. Uh, Back to B, being the caregiver, being cared for. You know, what can I learn? Who can I help? How do I take care of myself along the way? Because you cannot give what you do not have. And then back to A, that accountability aging. Yep. Michelle. How excited are you about what you're doing, the future, your podcast, and inviting people to step into an arena with you, somebody that knows, and we cannot get to everything in these short three shows we've done or four shows or however, but there's so much more that people cannot predict. I could have never predicted yesterday, mm-hmm. never, like implanting a microchip in somebody. I mean, who does that? I could, you could not talk to me about that eight weeks ago, but here's where we are. How, how can we help people? How can we talk with them about what to prepare for and why you're here, what your why is? My why really is making sure that people have the information and resources that they need so they can best make their decisions for themselves and their family members. And having that support is like, you know, that big safety raft underneath. So the content that I'm creating is really around having information. I'm creating a senior living, illuminating senior living class. It's all the ins and outs just to answer questions, right? I'm not saying that that's the right answer for everybody. Some people want to focus on staying home. Some people at some point do feel like that is the best option. So just getting the information, opening the door. So illuminating senior living is a class online. It's being released September 15th. And then um, really just ongoing support programs are what I offer so that people feel like they are not alone because they are not alone. I hope you're going to be taking stories and information for that because I've learned more on this journey unimaginable. Thank you so much for everything, Michelle. Last question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? You know, my personal message today is it really does go back to the isolation and people feel like they can't talk about this stuff with their other friends or family members because they don't feel like other people understand. And as you know, having stepped into this role, it is a pretty unique situation. So seeking connection with others who have been in this space or are on this journey is so critically important. You have to take care of yourselves. And I don't like to have to or should on people, but it really is absolutely necessary. It's the only way that you will thrive as you are caring for someone that you love. I love it. Michelle, thank you so much for everything you do. And boy, we are here to support you a million percent because there's so much more that people can do to help themselves. Thank you for everything. Thanks, Dr. Pat. All right. All of you out there, please get connected with Michelle. Think about the tip of the iceberg. Think about what I said. I didn't even know what I didn't know. And I am learning something new every day about myself and the role. Get some help from Michelle. We'll see you next time. 
Activate your DNA with the light codes of creation and implement the life of your dreams with the help of Pam Bright, a multidimensional healer, a light language channel, and a spiritual transformational coach. Pam offers a variety of sessions to heal your mind, body, and soul vibrations. She will connect you with your spirit team, activate your chakras, and more. Not sure what service is best for your journey? Find out by scheduling a free discovery call by visiting brightbutterflynetwork.com. Are you looking to up-level your leadership style to create greater results and have more success, but not sure where to start? Executive coach Camilla Kahlberg can help. Recognized as one of the most inspiring coaches by EU Business News and regarded as one of the top mindset coaches in the world, she is helping clients thrive through personal and professional change. Camilla knows firsthand on what it takes to achieve what you may be missing in your life. Visit KahlbergCoaching.com for a free consultation. Are you affected by addiction and struggling to find hope? You don't have to feel this way anymore. Welcome to the peace we crave. Find your freedom in addiction recovery with me, your host, Tanya Day. There is hope. As a spiritual life recovery coach, I use a unique holistic approach of meditation, Reiki energy and sound healing, and spiritual life transformation to help you find peace and serenity. If you are sick and tired of feeling sick and tired and have had enough, I get it. I've been there and I can provide a listening and sympathetic ear. Creating calm in your recovery is possible. If you're ready for help and hope towards your freedom in recovery, join into the Peace We Crave show with me as I help you find your freedom in addiction recovery. It all starts now. I am Dr. Pat and I get to take this journey. Uh, Tanya, I got to tell you, I have been looking forward to this show beyond what you can imagine. I want to tell everybody this episode is called Spirituality and Sobriety. And I, I, I want to talk about this with you for a lot of reasons. But I want to also talk about what spirituality is, because I would have never thought it was what it is. Uh, July, I celebrated 33 years. And I will tell, right? Look at her. Wow. And I want to tell you, I could not do this without what we're going to talk about today. All right. I got to kick it up to you. But before I do, give us your synopsis of the state of affairs of what you see in the world before we talk about what spirituality is. Give us a snapshot of what you're seeing. I want to set the stage if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, so I'll also share that on Saturday, August 5th, I celebrated 10 years of continuous sobriety. So like, we're just celebrating right now. I love it. Dr. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. So the state of affairs that I'm seeing is I'm, I'm just seeing people struggling. I'm seeing yeah. people struggling with um, not only addiction, but all kinds of other things. And it's just, it's like, we're just we're just, we're not reaching out. We're not asking for help. We're not, we're embarrassed to talk about things. We're not bringing things to the surface. Um, you know, it's true for me. I mean, I do it too. I get it, but, um, you know, I'm just seeing it more and more and it's really, I feel like it's bringing people down. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the reason I brought it up is because I think there are moments I watched a show last night and, you know, I always like to stay on top of like what happens when you, when you get very close 
to picking up that drink and then or using or whatever that is, whatever, whatever your drug of choice is, I don't care, it could be your cell phone today. But what when you get that close, right, and you don't, and then you you get that close and you do the difference between that, in my opinion, is called spirituality. Tell us from your perspective, what spirituality has come to mean to you? Yeah. So I'm really glad you brought that up too, because I had a personal experience last fall where I became, I came very close. Um, there were things going on with me personally and I was like, Ooh, a drink sounds like a great idea. Yeah. And then I said, wait a minute. Whoa. But I entertained it a little bit too long for my liking. Um, and that's where my spirituality really came in. So I believe in, well, Spirituality to me is just something bigger than you that just makes this whole thing go. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it works. It's just this great mystery out there that just keeps everything rolling along all nice. And I'm just here for the ride. Well, let's talk about the connection because it is a connection. You know, first of all, whether I don't, it doesn't matter to me what kind of program you're in, whatever you're doing, you know, you will hear across the board that spirituality is foundational. It's just the way it is. And this now today, we get to define this in our own ways. You know, if you looked around my neck right now, uh, I don't know if I can show you, but if you looked around my neck right now, you'll see something from my newly discovered culture in South America, and it's called a Chicana. But here's what we do. We, we got to stop the judging. So let's talk about you know, this sense of connection and how important it is, but unconditionally allowing people to have a sense of connection to whatever it is they want to connect to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, though, the programs that I do, it's just something bigger than you. It doesn't matter what it's called. It doesn't matter, you know, as long as you're connecting to it on a, on a yeah. daily basis. I mean, not a daily. I mean, for me, it's like a second by second basis. Yeah, I, need, I need that help so badly. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, just... my, I know my team knows. I, probably Emily doesn't know just yet, but they can tell by the way I, by the Skype messages I sent, right? There'll be, there'll be days where I'll just, just, just a very simple Skype message, not like, Hey, hi, how are you? Right. Those are the days when they're thinking, man, she better get some kind of connection going on there. You know what I mean? But let's talk about why it, why we need it. What have we lost? Have we lost our way? Have we lost our search for life? Have we lost our meaning? What is it that causes us to forget? Know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to think about putting words to it. I'm thinking what's coming up is like ego, right? I think I know everything. I think I can do it myself. Again, I've talked about it before. Don't need help. I can do it. And everybody says, you know, work hard. You can do the thing. Um, <laughs> and yeah, right? like that's what they say. And, and yeah, I can work hard for sure. Uh, yeah. But I can't, I just can't do this life thing by myself. We're not, we're humans. We're not made to do that. And when I was trying to do that, when I was trying to run the show myself, I was miserable and there was like, I was missing something. It's like, I was missing a part of myself, like that void, like that hole in the soul, whatever you want to call it. That thing I was filling with the alcohol and the, all the addictive behavior. Like I was reaching for something um, instead of just reaching for a, a spirit. Yeah. So let's call it spirit. I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, I love that we're talking about this because I, and I want to be very clear to everybody listening. When I walked through the doors as I did, and I did walk through those doors of a, of a 12 step program in Mount Vernon, New York. When I walked through those doors, first of all, I wasn't sober walking through, but the other thing was you couldn't even mention spirit God to me. Okay, so we have come a long way, baby, but it's because we have to go through the healing of self. You see, we have to go through that healing of self to understand that when we take a life path, that we are going to have ups and downs and sideways. But what was it for you that enabled you to understand you weren't alone? When did that happen for you? Because now you coach it. Now you help other people with it. So, I mean, you must be reminded of when that happened for you, that transition. I feel like there was a few. Um, the first one I vividly remember was when um, my addiction almost killed me. And I had this, I hate to say a voice in my head, but I, I had something say to me, you know, I brought you back for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. It was really profound. And then like you just mentioned, stepping into the rooms. I mean, yeah. that was a spiritual experience in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, there's a power greater than me for sure. Staying sober every single day. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know how we know it? Okay, let's let's just let's get off track for a little bit and share a little bit. You know how we know it when we look back, because you and I are sitting here probably most highly unlikely situations that got us to that first moment. For me, I had just been in an abusive relationship, thrown down a flight of stairs, black and blue, a bite mark on my arm. And I walk and my hate my head was all shaved because it was a Sinead O'Connor moment. And, and my heart goes out to her and her family. Her passing just shook me the other day. Yeah. But it was a Sinead O'Connor. It was me. So I walk in, hoodie on, go to a wrong meeting. The Al-Anon people kick me out. They tell me to go down. And I'm telling you, you can smell the booze. They tell me to go down the hall. They say, go in a room down the hall. Instead of going in the left, I went in the right. And I walked into a very dark, didn't know it, men's meeting. And I sat in the back. And on the way out, right? There were three of us in the back on the way out, really bearded guy at the door stops me and two other guys and says, you, you, and you don't go anywhere. I'm your sponsor. And I'm telling you, I hid that I was not, I hid that I was a woman. And we went on to work in a group together. And I continued to lie about the fact that I was a woman. Now, how do you get there? You can't get there by yourself in that situation, right? You see, these are moments that we look back on that we know we were guided in the most unusual situation. Have you ever had those? Has that happened for you? Yeah, those moments of desperation, right? Those moments where uh, I, you tell me to go sit on my head in the corner for an hour. and If that'll keep you sober, I'll do it. Because I just, I just don't want to die. And I don't know what else to do. And you get down to that what they call it rock bottom or whatever you want to call it um, gift of desperation. I've heard it called um, good orderly direction. I've heard it called. Um, but that moment for me was just walking into that first room and just people just being so freaking happy. Why are they happy? I don't get it. And I wanted that so badly. I was so miserable. Well, won't curse, <laughs> but I was just as miserable yeah. as you can imagine. Um, like just too much of a coward to end it yeah. all. Yeah. And I 
just wanted so badly to feel better. And who yeah. knew that I just had to find some sort of spirituality that worked for me, something to connect with every day that gives me meaning and purpose in my life, mm-hmm. you know, that guides me and helps me and does amazing things. And then is there when life gets lifey and I have to do hard things <laughs> and show up and not pick up. Yeah. I have to tell you that, you know, we're going to, this is really the importance of this show today. If you're just tuning into the peace we crave, you know, spirituality and sobriety is what we're talking about, finding that power greater than you. And it's a very important conversation when we look at finding that power greater than you, because it is essential you find it. I want to ask you this question. You and I just talked about trying to explain the unexplainable. See, that's that invisible energy. My friend, Dr. Jean Houston calls it that invisible, the invisible energy. You call it the voice. I don't care what you call it. It's the place that guides you down a hall to a room instead of out the door. And I wanted to, to, to just ask you this question because this is foundational for the work you do. Why has this become such a pivotal part of your platform in the peace we crave? Because for me personally, my relationship with my spirit is the only thing that continues to save me every single day. Mm. Um, It is foundational to my recovery. And if I don't have it, I'm going to, I wouldn't be sitting here with you right now if I didn't have it. Because, you know, people can fail me. Things, there may be, I don't get to the meeting. Person doesn't pick up the phone, you know, the thing I want to do, this and that, all these things can happen, but spirit's always there. It's the thing that's always with me all the time. Yeah. I mean, this is the part that is so hard for people to understand. But when the light, when the switch goes on, it's hard to walk away and forget it, isn't it? I want to take a minute um, because I mentioned the body of work you do, the coaching. Can you talk a little bit about what you do to help people and how they can find out more about you? Before we talk about why we need this to stay clean and sober, but how do people work with you? What is the best way for people to work with you and, and, and step into your, you know, a spiritual life recovery coaching program? Yeah. So if you just visit my website, thepeacewecrave.com, pretty easy. And I'm all over the place. If you Google me, you'll find me for sure. Yeah. Um, just reach out to me, set up a call. Like I'd love to talk to you, talk to where you're, talk about where you're at. Cause everybody's at a different place as well. Um, I have a woman recently who reached out to me. She also has 30 years and she's like, I don't have a God and she's trying to find God again. Mm. So we're working together on doing that. So I can help you if, when you're there or wherever you're at. Um, cause I've, I feel like I've in my 10 years, I've had such a broad, um, experience with spirituality because I've gone all, all over the place with it from hating it to loving it, to hating it (laughs) all over the place. So. Yeah. yeah, you and me both. And thank you for saying that because it doesn't mean I just want to be very clear with people out here when you hear about how many years somebody has or doesn't have it doesn't matter. When you look at the peace we crave and you look, you are everywhere. When you look at what you're doing and you see the message and the way it spreads, you understand that underneath that you are being guided to do this. You are being called to a purpose greater than you. And this is really part of it. It doesn't matter if you have one year, no years, 30, 50 years, you know, throw all that out the window. You need help. Go get help. All right. I want to talk to you about why. Everybody, the big word, why now? Everybody says, what's your why? What's your why? But I want to talk about what your why is when it comes to staying clean and sober, because there is a why. 
And the why is why? How many times have you been asked or told? I, I can't tell you how many times I have worked with somebody and say, why? Why do I need it? Why do I need spirituality? It is, isn't this the burning question that you get asked all the time, but you and I know the answer to that. What is your answer to why do I need it? Um, kind of alluded to it a little bit before, but it's that thing that's always there. I, it will never leave me. It, it's always been there my entire life. I just never reached out. I never sought it out. Um, it's, it's there in moments of stress and moments of happiness all the time. And it's that thing I fall back on that also gives me a, a really, that's the peace we crave. It gives me a sense of peace. It yeah. gives me a sense of just feeling like I'm cared for, like something really mm -hmm. does love me and care about me absolutely unconditionally. I don't have to do anything. I just have to try to connect. I want to talk to you about this one thing around this. I can look back and I've, I've talked a bit about looking back at my life recently. I did a keynote talk and a bunch of other talks and, and I, and I look back and when people hear my story, they're just like, are you kidding me? And I don't tell it like the gloom and doom because I don't live in that place anymore. As a matter of fact, I had my, a, a coach tell me, you need to be a little bit more dramatic with your past. And I said, yeah, I just don't hold it like that anymore. But I wanted to ask you this question because when I look back and connect the dots, the dots that got me to where I am today are spiritual dots. They are. And, you know, sometimes they, they're part of a religion. Sometimes they're not. But they are the dots. Aren't the aren't aren't these moments that you have with spirit? Don't they help you connect the dots to your life purpose? Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, if I didn't have that moment where I felt like something, um, there was a point in my life when I thought about committing suicide. Before, yeah. You know, when I was younger, and there was, I yeah. felt like something pulled me out of that. Um, yeah. Same thing with the drinking. I felt like something pulled me back from that. Um, you know, it's just, it's just these, these, even, even talking to you right now, I'm like shaking. Right. But I know God's here with me and I'm being helped and I'm guided to being said, well, whoever needs to hear this is going to hear what they, what they need. I know it. Um, I'm not speaking. It's something else is speaking. So a lot yeah. of times I try my best to just get out of the way and just try to let spirit in and talk to a person. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I do that, it's way better because I'm not <laughs> running the show. <laughs> you know, I think that that leads me to something else I want you to talk about that's really important. I remember, I remember so much about the first early, early years. And I'm telling you, it's not just the early years. This is ongoing. It took me a long time to get to even say the word forgive. It took me a long time. And I did a lot of work on it. But I do know that resentment is the number one offender. I swear I know it today like it is my name. I know it is. And I tell folks out there, I don't care where you go or what you do. There's only one way to heal that. And it's a spiritual way, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the reason I'm able to even forgive myself for a lot of the things oh. I did is because I know that spirit forgives me and loves me. And wants me here for a higher purpose. I know that today. Yeah. You know, I'm here with my best friend in New Jersey. I was helping her through a healing crisis. And, you know, I mean, best friends for 50 years. And she has seen the worst and the best. And I have to tell you, there isn't a day that goes by that I remember something I did. And I think I got to the point with her now where it's like when I go to attempt to make an amends, right? I, I you know, I have to think about 
I think about it because I do believe she has forgiven me in so many ways. But forgiving yourself, it is the hardest, isn't it? It is that thing that will cause you to grab that drink if we can't master that. Yeah, for sure. And resentments against yourself. I mean, oh my gosh, like I could go on and on about that. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, for me, it was just, you know, I'm not in control of this thing. And Mm -hmm. I, I, if I don't forgive myself, who's going to, like no one else is going to. And I can't be walking around with all that stuff. It's just not going to do me any good. It's where I drank. Yeah. I mean, talk a little bit about, first of all, the state of stress and affairs out in the world. The numbers are coming out. The statistics are coming out, especially for women, I will say, uh, divorce rate numbers. I mean, things are so through the roof at so many levels. And yet at the same time, you know, there's a lot to be positive about. But the stress of the times past recently have gotten to people. What has been your experience with holding on to a spiritual foundation and getting some relief from the stress, from the anxiety, from the fear, right? Isn't that also the power of, of this kind of connection? Yeah, for sure. Um, for me personally, um, uh, this these past few years have, yes, been very challenging, but I also found myself actually reconnecting with spirit because it was such a time of turmoil. I was yeah. out, I go out in nature a lot. That's kind of how I connect. Um, so that you could do, they didn't take that away. Right. So I could go out and I could just, you know, be with nature and be with that beautiful creation that just, you know, works. It just happens and everything's perfect. And, you know, all these things happen that keep, keep us living on this earth. I mean, my body works just perfectly and keeps me alive and I don't know how it just does. And it's just so, it's so, this it's so much easier. It's like, oh. yeah. Um, I know the, the, the most important thing that I have discovered over this, and I would like you to talk about it because it's part of your coaching platform. It's part of what you do. See, we don't, we don't talk enough about the fact that you've created something that allows people to show up on your doorstep. Doesn't matter where they are, what they've done how long they've been doing this or not doing this. You really look at folks from a place of this unconditional place and allow them to step into the doorway and offer them a sense of you're okay. Even though I may not feel okay today, but you, you offer that to them. And I wanted to ask you, as you created this sense of calm and this sense of peace and and in the coaching you've done, what do you feel are the greatest challenges that people have regarding embracing a spiritual notion? Just being so damn hard on ourselves. Mm. We are like our worst own, our own worst critic. And it's Mm. just, you know, just (laughs) forgive yourself. You know, you're you, you're beautiful. You are a human being. You're a human being created by something way that I don't even understand. And you're here and you're here for a reason. And let me help you find that reason. Let me help you, Mm. you know, dig into that, whatever that is. Cause what's so beautiful about it is it's so different for everybody. Yeah. Your story is not my story. It's not his story, her story. It's, it's so, it's so wonderful. We're so unique and we have so much to offer each other. We just have to figure out what that is. And I love, love looking at that with people. It's so, it's so, oh, it's so rewarding. 
And, you know, the thing that we all have in common when we do show up on your doorstep is, and, and, and let's talk about it. we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. We're really tired of that feeling. You know, I, look, I found myself here in the past week. I, I didn't feel good, but I knew I wasn't sick, but I didn't feel good. And I'm, we're so good at covering up the pain. Now, clearly, I knew that I had a small infection in my mouth from a medication I take. I knew it, but let's cover it up. Let's not feel it, right? It took me almost two weeks to call my doctor and ask me for like an antibiotic because I just, just want to roll over it. I just don't want to face it, you know, suck up the pain. But people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. What's your message for them? Um, my message for them is that you don't have to struggle anymore. There, mm -hmm. I, I can offer you hope. I can offer you help. You just don't have to feel this way. And join me and you can find peace and serenity in your addiction recovery. I mm -hmm. promise. Um, one of the things I do want to mention is the world that we're coming in is very different now. We're going to be launching an addiction channel. The day of hiding in the, the chat, look, the day of hiding in the shadows and not talking about this, that thing is gone. When people ask me about what is the greatest benefit I saw from COVID, I said it blew the doors open for the 12 step programs to go online and reach out to people and talk about things. Don't you find that we have to be more vocal here in order to help people because the stigma has not gone away. No, no, it hasn't. Um, I know about it personally. I've heard people say things and they didn't realize I was in the room and I'm like, okay. Yeah. So it's still here. It's stigma is getting worse and worse. I feel like the pandemic was great because like you said, yes, we can reach way more people. I mean, I was having meetings with people in London and India and all kinds of places. It was amazing. I got to meet all these people. But at the same time, I felt like the um, the Internet also had kind of a field day with it as well. Um, no some kidding. of the Zoom bombers and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, and people just were, were, you know, I mean, the liquor store stayed open. Everything else closed, right? The food stores, the liquor stores. So people were still indulging. And I think they were um, just not having all that face-to-face -face accountability necessarily. But I, I feel like when I go on meeting online or anything, I'm still getting all that accountability. I'm still getting what I need. Yeah. I still connect with people. I, that was one of the blessings is that this work that I do, I can connect with anybody anywhere. And it's so freaking amazing that this yeah. is available to us. Now, look, let's make sure I know this, but look, you're going to be back. Please tell everyone how they can reach out to you, how they can find you, how they can work with you. Um, my, my website's the best way, www.thepeacewecrave. And like I said, Google me, you'll find me everywhere. I'm all over the place. So yeah. Um, last message. What's your personal message? What do you want to leave us all with here? And thank you so much for doing what you do. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, just, you know, if you, if you don't, if you have a power greater than yourself and you're, you're reaching out to it all the time, great. If you're not, or if you need help with it, you want to change it. You're not sure what to do. Just drop me a message. I'm here for you. I want to, I want to echo that. And I want to say to everybody out there, I know how easy it is to reach for that drink or reach for that drug or whatever that is. I know how we, both of us know how easy that is. It's also easy to pick up the phone, call, reach out, Facebook, join a group. People are here to help you 
take that next step. And if you haven't put the drink down or put the drug down, any day is a great day for you to start. We don't have any judgment around that for you. Not at all. All right. Thank you so much for tuning us in, turning us on. And for all of you out there, please, please don't quit before the miracle happens. You've been listening to The Peace We Crave, Find Your Freedom in Addiction Recovery with me, your host, Tanya D on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in the first Monday of each month at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, as we take you on a spiritual life recovery coach journey and share unique holistic approaches. Let's stop struggling in recovery and restore hope. Join us for each show as we design a pathway to peace and serenity in addiction recovery. You don't have to struggle in recovery anymore. Let me help you find the peace we crave. For more information, visit thepeacewecrave.com.